And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. From what I can tell, it's a, a costume play from Japan. There's a lot of re different reasons that people cosplay. Because I like the way the costume looks. <laughs> you don't have to worry about, oh, well, this is a kiddie show. Over here, you'll get criticized if you're 32 years old and you go to a convention unless it's Comic-Con dressed up as Spider-Man. <laughs> but, you know, you go to a convention dressed up as an anime character and nobody really cares because it's not aimed at a specific age group. I can choose characters based off of kind of what are my own personal preferences and maybe something that, that I, I like the ideal of. And I really want to bring that to life because by doing that it shows my support of them and it also kind of shows a little bit about who I am. I don't think costuming people are weird. I think it's kind of cool because they enjoy doing it and they don't care what other people think. And it looks friggin' awesome. Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. And you're here for episode 123, and once again, we have a guest. That's right. And we have an awesome guest. We do have an awesome guest. Tina Rivets Cosplay. Tina. Hi. It's awesome that you're here. All right. I've been trying to get her on the show forever. Right, right. I, I want to address something right up front. Yes. I think, and Tina's going to be able to correct me if I'm wrong, it's cosplay. Oh. It is cosplay. Oh, well, fuck all y'all. <laughs> it's tomato, tomato. I say cosplay. Um, I've heard a lot of people say cosplay because costume, but that kind of drives me insane. So, um, and since I'm the guest, it's it's cosplay. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna continue to fuck that up. I'm going. I go. I'm guaranteed. I get corrected on it every other time. So. It's like Kevin Smith calls San Diego Comic-Con, Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Before we get started, we're talking with Tina, though, I went out, we were all at Crypticon this last weekend, yeah. I'm going to go really briefly over that. Uh, I was there for Friday and Saturday, you were there for all days. Tina, what day were you there for? I came for Saturday and Sunday. Look at you. Yeah, I bailed because I was tired. I got tired of sleeping on the you floor. Were, well, you were, you were there for Friday and Saturday. Yeah. 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 Uh, big fun. It was a good time. Um, I was concerned because their big guest had to uh, cancel right. at, at the really at the le at the eleventh hour. Yeah, Romero canceled like two days before. Right? Yeah, and uh, their uh, replacement, um, which <laughs> met um, Lilliard, um, who we all know from. Who seemed grateful for the uh, attention? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think he was excited. <laughs> um, but uh, despite all that, I, in my opinion. This was a really badass Crypticon. Everybody I talked to had such a wonderful time. Yeah, I, I found myself on a lot of panels, and some of them I, I scratched my head over. I'm looking at you, philosophy and horror. Mm -hmm. No one knew what that was about. Right. Um, but all in all, it was good. It was good. We did a nice panel on Saturday. Yeah. And that, that rocked was, a lot. That was, bl that was a blast. Um, I got a lot of like, dude, let me buy you a drink. <laughs> no. Did you should have sent them my way. What I the think, hell? I think I got a lot of it. <laughs> anyway, it was big fun, and, and I'm willing to bet that we're all going to be doing it next year. Yeah, 
Absolutely. All right. Tina, did you have a good time there? I did have a good time. I didn't even uh, decide to go until Saturday morning, so, um, but I'm glad I did. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. I didn't actually go to any panels this year, which kind of made me feel like a jerk. But, um, <laughs> like I said, I didn't go with a plan or anything like that. I even skipped a bunch of friends' panels. So, wow. sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. I did a reading with for two people, and it was it was more like an assault than anything else. <laughs> um, they were just trapped there. And the thing about readings is, is once you're there, if you're the only one in the room, it's kind of hard to leave. Yep. yep. <laughs> I kind of wish I was there. I would have loved to heckle you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was it was a good time though. It was all it was all good. I had I, I had an amazing time. Right on. Granted, I've only been to two Crypticons, but it right. was the best Crypticon I've been to. Yeah, it's nice because cause you can roll like I rolled into uh, every panel a little lit <laughs> and yeah. had a great time. <laughs> and had a great time. And uh, we're gonna because of Krypton Crypticon, it looks like we're gonna get a couple more guests out of it. Okay, good. So that's good. That's and nice. I don't want to jinx it, because every time I mention someone's <laughs> name, they bail yeah, on that, it. Yeah, don't say, don't say anything. I mean, we just now got Tina. Yeah, so. I know. We've been after <laughs> you forever. Um, I want to lay some groundwork and say that I met Tina at ZombieCon, and this is way before the cro- the cosplay thing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, whatever. And, uh, uh, we just started talking, and she, and she's awesome. And the next thing you know, we started we follow each other on Facebook. And the next thing you know, I started doing cosplay. <laughs> now I'm gonna fuck it <laughs> up my purpose. Now you're just screwing with me. Um, and uh, and it was really great because I always thought Tina was super creative and 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 super funny, and and it's being re- you can see it being reflected in a lot of the 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 costumes and stuff that she's making. Well, here's the odd thing, and and unless I unless I got this wrong. Because I too was lit for part of the weekend. I've never met Tina. Have you really? I don't think I so. Like Tina, have we ever met? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think I would remember that. I think you would. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, I, what I'm most curious about is like, how do you make the jump? From I'm a con goer and I'm having fun and this is awesome and, and look at me getting my pictures taken and getting my stuff signed to I'm going to spend months of my life <laughs> building something that that uh, uh, sort of reflects my feeling about maybe a portion of fandom or sure. an attribute of fandom. How does that happen? Um. You know, it's kind of all a, all a blur. I mean, I can tell you right now, um, I've always been into doing, you know, kind of costume stuff, creating, you know, just characters and whatnot. I mean, I still have Ben Nye Nose and Scarwax my sister bought me when I was 13. I don't use it because it doesn't really work that great anymore. But, um, it's just, you know, I've always been interested in costuming. I've always been a nerd and into that kind of thing. Um, and I, I feel like I went to one Emerald City Comic Con and just was like, this is amazing. This is great. Look at all these amazing costumes. I should probably do one of these. And, um, you know, it just, and actually, um, Ash, my Evil Dead 2, Ash, mm-hmm. Army of Darkness, Ash, was my first, I'd say, big one. I've mm-hmm. done a few other, like, you know, smaller ones that just kind of pull stuff out of your closet and kind of throw it together stuff um, before that. But, um, you know, as soon as I, I did that one that required a little bit of extra work, uh, I was... I was hooked, hmm. totally hooked. So how do you um, 
how do you make that call? Like, how do you, why do you look at ash and say, I want to do, in your case, a gender swapped ash? How do I want to do that as opposed to a Thor or, you know, whatever else is just something you're, the, the favorite movie of yours or? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely starts with a, with a movie that you enjoy. Um, you know, I don't really know a lot of people that do things that they absolutely hate and despise. <laughs> I hate this uh, movie. I'm going to dress up like the main character. <laughs> although I'm not going to lie, now I'm a little tempted because I like to do things that nobody else does. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, 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 as corny as it sounds, it's almost kind of a, a pull. Like, it might be a character that you just really resonate with, uh, resonate with and... Um, sometimes for me, it's just like a, a, a switch has been flipped, especially some of the weird mashups I do or the, some of the weird ideas that I come up with. Um, you know, like Ash the Riveter, funny actually story about that is it started out as just a gender swapped Ash mm-hmm. and I still had, I wear, you know, red bandana and I had it up and I had like a ponytail and somebody else said, just a con guy, like con goer walking around, just said, oh, you're like Rosie the Riveter meets Ash. And I went, oh, that's brilliant. And yeah. so <laughs> that's actually how Ash the Riveter was born. It was, that was not my idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, a, like I said, it's just a character you admire, you know, and it's something, something just really, you just kind of feel it. I like to do characters um, like Ash. I did uh, the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors. Because for me, I like to do um, I like to do characters that not everybody else is doing. I also I like to do weird, quirky characters. They tend to be male characters as well, because unfortunately, most of the time when you see you know a female character that you're like, hey, I would like to do that costume. It's nothing but tits and ass, and right. that's great for some people, but that's just not you know if I'm putting tits and ass out there, it's with um, Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> so which is another thing I've done. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's just a character that resonates with you. I love the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors, the Steve Martin one specifically. I think he's just great and hilarious, and Steve Martin's a comedic genius, so that's the best way to pay homage to a character that you love, is mm-hmm. creating your own version. So this has nothing to do with cosplay, but since you just mentioned that, how did you feel about his performance in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club <laughs> Band? As Dr. Maxwell. Yeah, that causes, brings a lot of that comedic genius stuff into question. <laughs> um, not my favorite, but uh, here's a funny thing. Now that you mentioned that song, I will have that song, or that, that performance, I will have that song stuck in my head, no joke, for at least a week and a half. Because yes. every single time something triggers that song in my head, that's where it stays. So that will be my earworm for the next week and a half, and I will um, stalk and haunt you, make you suffer with me. Score. They, uh, <laughs> you, you kind of mentioned the mashups, and the mashups I think are just so funny and so smart. They're like they're like the costume version of a really good pun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 yeah, visual visual pun. I yeah. like that. I like that. So, for example, you did a. Uh, mashup of Wednesday Adams and Ash from Evil Dead? Yeah. Brilliant. brilliant. Ash Thank Wednesday. You. It's brilliant. <laughs> that That's one of those things where you, I had shown it to someone and, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah uh, kind of again. I go, no, Ash Wednesday. And then immediately, <laughs> they're like, ah! That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, and actually, that's the funny, the funny thing about that, um, <clears throat> that costume is I've worn it at two cons now. 
I wore it to Wizard World Portland, and nobody got it. Mm. Nobody. They just didn't understand it. But previously, on Ash Wednesday, I had posted just like a shitty bathroom selfie of it, and the internet like went crazy. It was shared on the Replica Prop Forum, which is a huge um, site for um, uh, prop builders and, and you know costumers, and it... I, I mean, I remember like it ended up being the reach on it was, I was like two hundred and fifty thousand like wow. that one picture, and that was not including what the replica prop form had shared because they shared it separately as as opposed to being on my page. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I wore it to Wizard World, like nobody got it, and I was a little put off by that and wearing it to another con. And then uh, Saturday night when I got home from Crypticon, I could not find my Two Face costume, which I thought about wearing. And then I went, well, you know, if any, if any con is going to get it, it's going to be Crypticon. So that's, I wore that on Sunday. And did they get it? Yes. Nice. It was definitely well-received. I mean, you know, just like with anything, I mean, I've actually been asked when I'm just wearing my regular Ash costume if I was from Sharknado. So not everybody would get <laughs> everything. <Sure>. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it was definitely well-received. And there's nothing like having somebody look at that costume and then when it when it hits them like when they find, when they get it it's just like the light bulb and the moment on their the look on their faces i wish i could capture that cuz it's <laughs> awesome <laughs> you mentioned uh, the online forum what was it replica replica prop forum okay. mm-hmm. so as a someone who is a fan and i mean you, you i imagine you sewed into crafts and stuff but you're doing a lot of like sculpting and a lot of like body casting and stuff. So is all of that learned either from somebody or off from an online tutorial or um, how, do you, how do you get up that hill so quickly? Both. I, um, I YouTube tutorials are fantastic. I always feel like why weren't these always a thing? Because I've learned how to do so much and you know so many different ways. Um, I also, I do my Too Faced vintage um, pinup Too Faced. I learned how to do the burn makeup because I went to uh, Worldcon slash Spokane when it was in Spokane a couple years back or a year and a half ago or so. And my sister signed me up and insisted I do these workshops with Race Bird, who was on two seasons of Face Off, and he won season two. And he was actually doing zombie makeup um, that day, and... I didn't, I was in a costume, so I didn't want to, like, mess up my face too much, so I just did, like, an arm, and ended up making a burn, and I was like, well, how on earth can I, how can I, how can I use this this, this knowledge that I just learned and, and do something with it, which is how Two-Face happened, but, mm-hmm. um, so that was in person, I learned, and then, of course, practice and trial and error, um, a lot of the sewing stuff I still have to kind of learn online, as well as I have um, a couple of friends that are really great for helping. Same thing with prop making, you know, but a lot of it's just trying it and then really screwing it up a lot and then crying and then trying it again and then bleeding on it and crying some more and then trying again and then being successful. Sounds like art. Blood sacrifice yeah. is, is always less. essential for success. Well, when you say that, I'm thinking, yeah, like writing, like effects, like yeah. it's everything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, And then sometimes... It's trying, crying a lot, texting a friend, and then having a friend come, like, the day before the con and just going, well, you could have just done this. This was a way easier way to do it. And then me just going, you're a genius. Thank yeah. you. Which happened. <laughs> which actually happened. If only, only you were an effects guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tom's always pimping me, so just, just well, you know, a guy. They could do all He's that like stuff for you. He's like a talking commercial for me. See, that's so funny because I did not know that about you, Langley. Hi, I'm Tina. It's really nice to meet you. Hi, Tina. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, um, go ahead. I, well, I was going to ask. So, um, obviously, Crypticon is a horror convention, and a lot of the characters that you do are horror characters. Do you do other characters? Do you go to other types of cons? Oh, absolutely. Crypticon was only my second Crypticon this year. I went to I went last year wow. and then this year. I've always wanted to go because I love horror. Um and uh, and then ZombieCon, but other than that, I go to I go to Emerald City Comic-Con every year. I go to Rose City Comic-Con every year. And then just whenever I can fit another one in, um, and if my budget can fit it in and my time can, then I just try to go to those. But, yeah, I do um, – I actually do – DC released, and now they have a whole set comic based on them, but some bombshell variant covers a few years back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was looking at all of these um, amazing, you know, pin-up vintage versions of characters, and I'm like, okay, everybody's going to do Wonder Woman. Everybody's going to do Harley. Everybody's going to do all of these but I don't think a ton of people are going to do Hot Girl, and I want to build that jetpack. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I, yeah, so I actually do uh, DC Bombshell Hot Girl, and there was more Hot Girls than I wanted there to be, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there's, there are a few other characters that I do that are not horror. Tina, are there characters... Um, so even when you're doing the mashup characters, you're taking established characters that that most people know, which I think is what most cosplay is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any characters of your own that you nope. have either done or want to do? Nope. <laughs> not at this point. Um, well, not would, at this point, yeah. I would argue that Ash Wednesday, Ash the Riveter, those are some kind of characters. Sure. Of their own. Those are the mashups become, by them by themselves, their own intellectual property, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Look um, at you being creative and shit. Oh, wow. Good job. <laughs> um, talk to me about the community. I was in the prep for this. I was looking around on online videos and stuff, and it just seems like there's this. Who knew? There's this giant community online and at cons, and everyone seems to know each other, and they're really free flowing with tips and and hints and yeah. stuff. Tell me about that and tapping into it. Have, have you done much of that? And and um. How do you go about meeting other people that are into such a specified, I don't want to say hobby, but we're going to call it, I'm going to thing. use that word, thing. Thank you. I, I, it's a, I mean, it's a, it is a hobby. I mean, that's, I mean, pretty much what I refer to as it as, however, it's kind of a life-altering, <laughs> taking over everything hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I actually was telling somebody not too long ago that it changes the way you watch movies and television mm. and even reading books. How so? Because, because when you do, you, you're still able to get fully engrossed in the story and appreciate it, but you're staring at the details. You're looking at, you know, what, uh, you know, is there piping on, on that suit? What do the cuffs look like? Um, how am I, you know, if I'm looking at this, you know, armor, what's the best material going to be to be using? While you're trying to enjoy this movie, you can't stop. And then you're thinking in your head, okay, screenshot there, screenshot there wait, turn around. If she turns around, I can get a good look at the back. Yeah. And so it's, it's just constantly thinking about what you're going to build next. Or, and then also, funny as it sounds, casting your friends. Sure. <laughs> uh, 
seeing, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy um, Volume 2, actually, again, today for the second time, and I have a friend who will, because he's going to do it or else, um, make the perfect ego. And the entire time, especially the first time I watched it, the entire time I'm watching this movie and I'm going, okay, he has to do it, he has to do it, I don't care what he says. You know, because you're, like I said, you're you're building these costumes in your mind and you're casting your friends. You're like, okay, that person should do that, that person should do that. If they don't do that, I'm going to make them. So that, it totally changes the way you watch movies. I would also think it would, the mirror image of that would be, it would change the way you oh, go through thrift stores or garage sales or you see something on the shelf and right. that would make a hell of a blaster, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely, I have a, I have a shirt, a ruffly uh, button-up white blouse that is perfect for Jareth the Goblin King mm-hmm. as well as Prince from Purple Rain. So... <laughs> <laughs> And it has been worn as both. My my daughter, uh, when I made her be Jareth, yes, I, I made her mom that way. Go uh, ahead. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> oh, we actually had a we had a bit of a fight because she didn't want her hair that big, and I was like, Jareth's hair is that big, and you will wear it that big. That's right. Uh-huh. It's not so, canon. By the by the way, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, Happy oh, Mother's you. Day. Thank you. I appreciate I forgot, that. I forgot that it was. I didn't. I went. We you know, for for a nice brunch. You today. did something. Yeah. yeah, we did something. I know which side of the bread my butter mine is butter. Um, um, well, that's great. That's awesome, though. I mean, like I would think that you the same pair of pants that work for Ash could work for Jack Reacher or, or something. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. yeah. Jack, Jack Reacher cosplay. This little guy comes in. He's like five four. Starts ordering people. He's got like, a GQ haircut and a leather jacket. What did you say, 5'4"? Oh, that's too tall. I'd say I, I could go ahead and cross like that. But, uh, um, but so, so I can go back and answer your question about community. Um, it, oh, yeah! <laughs> it's a good thing I listen. I forgot about that. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> uh, I have to say it is one of the most uh, ridiculously supportive communities I've ever been a part of. I guess maybe part of it is a lot of us are, are nerds at heart and have always been. And I, I, I certainly was not a, you know, shove me in the locker and down the toilet, you know, type kid or teenager at all. But I've always liked these things. And, you know, I think sometimes you can feel really, really isolated, you know, especially if you don't hang out with people who also like these things, which was kind of my thing. I've always I jokingly refer to myself as the token screech, um, <laughs> maybe without all the weird shit he's done as an adult, but sure. um, just because all of my friends were like, really, they were cool. They, you know, were attractive. And, and I just was like, hey, guys, I was playing D&D with my sister and, you know, plus three for charisma right here. And like, nobody knew what I was talking about. So um, when you find a huge group of people that not only are into those very same things, but are also creative. And they're also, um, they're supportive. I mean, I've heard terrible stories about um, the competition amongst a lot of cosplayers, and I feel like the Pacific Northwest doesn't have that as strong. I I could just be saying this because I'm not a super competitor in terms of um, costuming, because the idea gives me anxiety, and I don't, I don't like that. Um, but 
it's it, like I said, it's it's super supportive. Anytime I've ever needed any advice on how to make something, you know, a thousand people, well, that's a little over-exaggerating, but at least a couple people <laughs> jump in and, and they say, well, this is how I did it, or did you try doing it this way? There have been times when, um, well, you know, Emerald City Comic Con, I did, uh, the character actually doesn't have a name, so one of my friends who was in the group dubbed her uh, Bronze Boobs McMohawk, who was one of the henchmen in Turbo Kid. Okay. And And so I was working really hard and, again, crying and stuff, trying to make this gold bronze, like, chest plate, which there's nothing like trying to make a chest plate for a woman that looks like it's for a woman. Boob cups are a nightmare. So, and I was, I was just overthinking it. And the friend who was Zeus in that group, you know, I, you know, sent him a text and I was like, this isn't working. And, you know, having my little meltdown and he just, you know, came back and said, Hey, order this. Uh, It's actually a hollow back, mannequin that pe- that stores use to display clothes and it's just a torso and he's like as soon as we get there he's like we'll cut it down we'll trim it we'll paint it and you'll be done boom that's what he did as soon as he you know got into town because he's not from around here um you know he we trimmed it and painted it and it was done and that's just how the entire community is they're you know willing to step up and help you um you know, do whatever you need to do. And as, as in terms of making a costume and just in terms of, I think, being creative and different as well. I mean, they're always there to, to tell funny stories about what they've done or, you know, just be, just be friends. Because you, you, would, you would think, especially any time price money gets involved, and a lot of comms offer prize money. Right. It, it, it could get a little bitchy. Well, and also, like, there are people who, um, uh, at the at the place where I work now, um, I did a bunch of cosplay stuff, and uh, the guy was paying thousands of dollars, you know? And that's what's always struck me about the, the cosplay community, is that so much of it is DIY. You either don't have the money to for somebody to make the costume for you, or you, in addition to liking this geeky culture you are creative and you're a crafter mm-hmm. and that that becomes as important to some people as just as does wearing the stuff and becoming these characters how is that the case for you Tina um yeah i mean i would say for me i'd like to do to create as much of it as possible i like to have my you know as much as possible my hands on you know just, you know, as the props, I want to learn how to do everything. Right. Very much so. I Typically what happens when I'm making something new is I almost, is I always have to learn some new skill, whether I want to or not. I just can't seem to stop picking, <laughs> picking costumes that need me to learn new skills. Um, that being said, you know, there are some things that, you know, people are great at and some things that people aren't so great at. Um, my... I, Prop guns are like my absolute Achilles heel kryptonite. I, I tried, I, you know, it was okay. And I think that as soon as I, I practice more and more and more, but I look at like a, a, a foam fabricated gun and I just die. I just go, how am I going to do that? Because most of the time they're, 
you break them down into layers. And my brain doesn't break things down that way without a lot of struggle. So in this case, a lot of times there's really great ways to, to work your way around that. If there's somebody else that does an amazing guns and they're super good at it, but maybe they're not so great at sewing, you know, you can work at a little trade, you know, a little barter. I mean, you can always commission people, but like you said, there's costs involved with that. And, you know, cosplay itself can be expensive, but it actually can be relatively affordable, um, just depending on the, the, the materials that you use. But uh, I've got a friend, and, and I've done a few things with wigs. I'm, um, I'm, I'm pretty good at it for being not somebody who does things with wigs on a constant basis, and as, as well as makeup. I do a pretty okay job at makeup. But I still have um, some... I still need to learn a lot in terms of sewing and pattern making. I joke that a lot of my costumes that I sew look really, really great, but don't look at the seams. However, if somebody's looking under your dress at your seams, they should probably be assaulted hard. Sure. Um, because there's no reason anybody should, unless they're a judge. But that's one of those things I want to get better at. I want to get better at sewing. I don't really know how to pattern make very well, other than some basic things. Um, but I have, a, and so I've got a friend who's amazing at that. She's she's very very good at that. She's got an Etsy shop. She sells all kinds of awesome stuff, and she's not as comfortable um, with makeup and and um, wigs. So we've talked about maybe kind of helping each other out that way. So it's 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 that uh, it's that constant marriage that I find that's really important between people between right minded right-brained people and left-brained people as far as creativity versus things like math and logic and, and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's a lot easier for some... Some people have the perfect marriage of both in their own being. Mm -hmm. But most yeah. of us are more one way or the other. <laughs> some of us are all one way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I see online people that just go bananas. There was the guy recently at New York Comic Con that did a, a full-size Hulkbuster. Right. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And now I'm seeing some things coming out of Japanese anime conventions. I have no idea what the characters are, but the suits move. I just saw an Iron Man that looked studio quality. Right. And you know this guy is either fabricating them or having them made. See. Some, somebody somewhere is making these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. the, and the difference is, am I making it in my garage with materials that I can find locally most of the time, mm -hmm. or am, am I having a studio who, you know, also does suits well, I, for Hollywood? I was spoke to a guy who did a uh, Iron Patriot or Iron, not Iron Man, but what's the other guy? War Machine. It was right. a War Machine thing, right, and right. he paid four grand for it from wow. Sweden or something. They yeah. took his measurements over the line and sent it in. That feels to me like something as organic as cosplay. I would think that that's cheating. Well, well so here's the thing. If you, and this is kind of the deal amongst um, a lot of my friends, is cosplay is, you know, you can buy it, you can make it, you can do all of those things. So you can call yourself a cosplayer and, you know, have purchased these things. I mean, you can purchase these things at, you know, a Halloween store and you're a cosplayer if you're wearing it at a con or you're wearing it, whatever. Costumers and prop makers are the ones that are making them themselves or seamstresses, you know. It's so that's not really something that the 
general public or, well, the general public doesn't really know about cosplayers, but, um, you know, that's not something that's really um, talked about and acknowledged very much, you know, other than a little bit here and there within, within the community. But, you know, and, and you know, it's, that's the thing is if you want to buy a costume, that's great. My big thing is if you're buying a costume, even if you're not making money on it or like you're not selling prints or whatever, just give a little shout out to the person who did make it. Right. Um, you know, I try to do that as much as possible. Sometimes I forget because, um, like, um, you know, um, my friend who did my gun for, I was a, well, I wasn't, I guess, an original character, but it wasn't my original character for Jet City Comic Show. Right. Um, she had a Mauser, and I, you know, called my, my friend Gary, and I was like, I need a Mauser. I can't, you know, I just, my brain explodes when I think about guns. And so he, he, he put one together for me. And so I try to remember to credit him every time, like, a picture is posted or anything like that. Um, so to me, that's just important is, you know, wear whatever you want, but don't be a dick. Like if somebody else made it, just say, hey, this was made by, you know, such and such, you know, props or, or whatever. Yeah, credit, you know? credit is due. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you mentioned dicks. So I'm going to uh, <laughs> uh, leap from there to here. Um, I see, I've been seeing a lot of paperwork and stickers and stuff around cons now about cosplay does not equal consent. consent yeah. mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, you just talked about assaulting the guy for looking at your hem. I, well, I, <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> well, I, think I was going to say, well, that. <laughs> um, side note, I've never actually assaulted anybody for doing okay. any of these things. However... She's willing to learn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although I can be kind of mean. There we go. No, I think just with cosplay, um, I have not had much experience um, with, like, any sort of negative attention because of costuming. Again, I think that partly that's just because, you know, I don't really put a lot out there as far as, you know, like, you know, I have clothes on. And unfortunately... Some people see, you know, um, a woman who is cosplaying with something that's, a, like, more skimpy. And, you know, I've, I've known people to be touched. And that's, that's, I think, a huge part of it is, you know, just because we're choosing to do these characters that have a lot of skin showing and seem provocative doesn't mean you can put your hands on it. I mean, you, you can't do that, you know, you can't do that with somebody walking down the street. So why do you think that, why, why would people think that they can do it, um, do it with somebody just because they're in the costume. The other portion of that is um, is pictures. That's a big thing. Is like you know, don't take pictures of a of a cosplayer without asking their permission. So I believe that as well. Um, specifically, if like somebody's trying to eat or anything like that. But it can be kind of tough because if you're wearing these costumes. I'm not saying you're wearing them because you want your picture taken, but it's going to happen, and it's not okay. I mean, thankfully, that has happened to me, and thankfully, whenever it has happened, it hasn't been, like, you know, while I was peeing or in, like, any bad, bad situation like that. But, you know, you do kind of, when you're wearing costumes, have to be a little bit more on alert, unfortunately. I would think that you would need a minute, like, give me a minute to at least pull my attitude together. You know what I mean? Like, sure. on one hand, I'm jerking her and talking with my friends. 
and now you mm-hmm. want to get a picture. Well, let me let me give you the picture. Don't don't well, snap one while I'm. I think I think that people have this weird thing where they see it differently. Like they see a celebrity at a con, they see the celebrity sitting at a table, then they feel like they can approach them, mm-hmm. and that same person may feel like, oh, I can't. You know, he's talking if they're a decent person. Right. But because the person's wearing a costume, I think that they feel like, oh, they're on all the time. Right. And it's you, almost you like they're you can't like take that mask off. And they don't have a, the safety buffer of the table. Right. Exactly. They're usually right. walking around in the crowd. Yeah. And it's really easy to Yeah, I've I've heard horror stories at like San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard some awful, awful things, you know, but I've been lucky enough to not have to deal with that so far. Do you do you ever use a handler, like someone to sort of run interference for you or or are you um, just out there on your own just winging it? Well, I'm usually with friends. Okay. Um, so there's, you know, there's always at least that. And then it just kind of depends. I think the only time I can say, uh, aside from I usually get a little help from a friend if I'm wearing my bombshell hot girl because the jet pack sticks out further from my shoulders than I ever realized. And so I can smack it into things quite a bit, and so which will eventually destroy it, uh, which isn't good. Right. But the only other time I think that I've ever had what I would consider a handler would be when I did um, Edward Scissorhands. Right. And that was just because I couldn't use my hands. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I had to have somebody there to help me remove the gloves and put them back on mm-hmm. after I'm done with oh, my real door. Well, I see a lot of, uh, like a lot of cosplayers will be, you know, wearing stilts or something that makes them, makes them very large. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they definitely need a handler. Or if you're in, like, this crazy thick makeup and, and you know, props around you. I think the more yeah, you lose you... peripheral vision, yeah. the more you mm-hmm. need someone there to act. Yeah, contact like lenses. Yeah, contact lenses, eye patches, those things. You know, I, I, I like to be able to walk comfortably, so I don't, which is so terrible because... I have so many friends that make such huge, amazing costumes, and they really suffer for their art, you know, because they're, you know, they 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 they're sweating like crazy oh, on their, yeah. right. I mean, wearing these crazy high heels, or they're up on stilts, or they're in in this armor. And I would love to do that, but the little old lady in me goes, God, why would I do that? I'll be so hot and sweaty, and I saw. I Mm. I saw a photo of you in some armor, though. It was some space armor. There was something somewhere. Oh, um, the Mass Effect armor? Yeah. Okay, well, that was that was awesome, but that was not armor that I made, and that was actually at the... There was a Punished Props, um, who... Uh, Bill and Britt Duran, and they are huge, awesome foam smith makers um, in the cosplay community. So I was at a gathering at their house, and... The funny thing about this, it's Commander Shepard Mass Effect armor, is he, is Bill Duran likes to put as many people in it as possible, um, so we all, like, have a number, and I I believe I was 22, and we were just standing there, and I was in regular clothes, and he just looked at me, and he was like, do you want to be number 22? And I knew exactly what he was talking about. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to be number 22. Um, so that, again, was just standing in somebody's kitchen, putting on all of the armor and we're having all of the really neat guns <laughs> that they made that I can fangirl over because 
they're all such amazing um, makers. I'm just going to say I was at a party and a guy said, you want to be number 22? And it turned out very differently. (laughs) (laughs) See, see, I hang out with with nerds and... and, uh, Nice people. (laughs) Totally different. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that that, um, I really enjoy seeing whenever I'm at some place where um, a lot of people, particularly young people, are are, uh, doing cosplay is I see, because some of them I know, I see people who normally, um, you can't get them to look you in the eye, much less talk, you know, they're very (laughs) shy, Mm -hmm. um, socially awkward, whatever the case might be, bloom when when they they assume this character, right? And, uh, And it's beautiful, it's a wonderful thing to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love seeing... You just did Baycon this weekend, Yeah. Right? There was a local anime con here at the local city college. Yeah. And uh, I was at a Starbucks near there on Saturday, mm-hmm. and a lot of those spillover came. And it was neat. It was it was grassroots cosplay. Yeah. You know, it's people putting it together at, like, with capizios and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, whatever... That's the great thing, whatever they can find. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I love so that kind of creativity, man. Well, and there's there's definitely a level of confidence I think that can come with it when it comes to um, shy or socially awkward people, because when you're putting on a costume, you get to embody that character, and you're not, you know, and I hate to say, but you're not you anymore. And so any sort of insecurities that you might have, you can push those away because you're not being you judged. Are, the character is being right. judged. And, it, and right. the, the more you're like that character, even if they're boorish, Dude, the better. It's, it's, it's like when you work for the police department. You know, you put on the uniform, you put on the badge, and now that is what people are interacting with. In a weird with, way, it's kind you. of cosplay, right? Yeah, it is. Being it's a cop is kind of cosplay. <laughs> the weirdest cosplay ever. They're professional cosplayers. Don't ever call one of them that, but, you know. <laughs> nice, I love nice. you want to get up. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh... So how do you hear about these? Is it literally just like a kind of an underground word of mouth thing where friends share friends, and if they find a cool forum, it's like, hey, I found this new forum. Hey, Adam Savage, for example, is doing amazing videos <coughs> on this stuff. Um, is it just a word of mouth thing, or um, just the the different forums and like the resources? Yeah, just finding. How do you resources. find the community, and how do you find? where there are going to be opportunities. I guess along hand-in-hand hand with that question is, do you, um, do you do cosplay for pay? Or have you? Or are you just showing up and doing your thing? Oh, I've never been, been paid for it. Um, <clears throat> on one hand, that would be really awesome. But on the other hand, I think that, I mean, your game has to be upped dramatically. And right now I do it for fun. And I, you know, there are some people that I know that have quit their jobs and have started to to do making props. And some of them are very happy doing it. And other ones have gotten burnt out and are going back to a real job because, you know, the the love of the art isn't there anymore. So I'm kind of paranoid about that would happen. My skill level is also not there yet. I mean, you know, I kind of joke that when I first got into it, somebody said, um, I was asked why, you know, what do you want to get out of this? Uh, and I was like, I just kind of want some free shit. Like, free shit would be really cool. 
And <laughs> and so so when uh when Ash vs. Evil Dead was premiering, I actually heard from uh from the showrunners and or the you know producers that 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 they're PR people, whatever. And they wanted to send me like a box of swag. Sweet. And I was like I know, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't free shit. Like, this is all I wanted. I can be done. achieved. Now. Yeah, and I got some really, really cool, um, some cool free shit. And then uh, there's been a few other really cool opportunities and stuff that has happened because of it, which, you know, again, you know, nothing I'm paid for, but I don't, for me, it's just the love of it. Uh, being the face of Jet City Comic Show here in Tacoma was, um, amazing it was a huge you know compliment it was exhilarating um and it was mortifying because i'm not necessarily somebody who wants to get out there and smile pretty most of my characters are snarky or um just pissy in general so i don't have to smile pretty uh but uh, so my uh, friend travis bundy who's an artist asked me to pose for the there was a contest to be the cover of the program guide and so he wanted to use me as the model to draw his depiction um of what he wanted for the cover of this program guide and it was voted on and we won very well actually and so then i created a cosplay based on the art that he did which was very cool uh he got a ticket to you know he gave me one of the tickets to jet city comic show so i got him for free again more free shit uh, and walked around the show dressed as the cover. And I cannot tell you how exciting and embarrassing that is <laughs> for somebody like me who just kind of wants to go stick my head in the sand. But at the same time, super excited, and, and I thought it was really awesome. But uh, I did draw mustaches on a lot of program guides, um, and I made myself Wolverine on one with chops. Uh, I wrote some pretty awful um, personalized messages to my friends who wanted me to sign them. <laughs> I was going to ask, did you sign a lot of them for people? I did, and that was very, very weird. And if you uh, and if you were a friend of mine, you typically got some good messages like, you know, eat a dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, classy things like that. I signed the first the first round of books that went out on the first book. Right. I literally, I signed them. I would sign them to Langley, eat me. Because <laughs> it's a zombie book. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about people that were were doing it for fun and they made it their 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 job. I always have felt that it can it's tricky when your passion becomes your profession. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you're the thing you do to let off steam is now the thing you're doing forty hours a week. It's really hard to. I think to it make happens all the time, right? I mean, like musicians that get burnt out. You know, it's like sure. yeah. They didn't. They didn't get. They didn't start playing music to make money. Well, maybe they did, but they no, mostly it was because they. Well, yeah, Come on. that's, that, well, I mean, <laughs> that's if, why I did it. If you're a guitar player, yeah, or if the drummer and the bass player, it's because you like to carry man, heavy I always shit. thought like the the prog rock keyboard guy got all the girls. You know, yeah. no, I was so wrong. I was like, it was the Rick Wakeman cape. That I was ruined like, it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how many hours did I spend in my room in front of doing the mirror? Doing like one arm's up in the air, the other one's on this imaginary keyboard. <laughs> oh, I got worse. Than that. I got photos that are worse than that. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And the 
there'll be there'll be a link to those photos, right? Right, yeah, right, right. They're all over my Facebook page. If you look hard enough, there's some really yeah, sketchy some, ones. Some good ones. Um, uh, but it's really it can be really hard, and and it's like the people that make the jump, writers that make the jump. I'm a pro- professional writer now, right. and then they next thing you know, ah, but I work. I know renowned authors that are still working at. Um, as baristas. Oh, done. sure. Yeah, they, be, you know, because, not necessarily because they need the money, but possibly because they they instinctively know that. If this becomes the thing, mm-hmm. if this becomes the breadwinner, I'm not going to enjoy it anymore. Well, this is sidebar, and we do this a lot, yeah, uh, sidebar to, to, to the cosplay thing, but I think that you... Uh, you owe it to the people in your life, no matter what your art form is, to have your bases yeah. covered. Because sure. nobody re- likes or respects the starving artist. Right. They'll. Right. Every it's romantic, but you know, I don't think it, not it's, even not even the people around Vincent Van Gogh like Vincent Van Gogh. No, it's <laughs> kind of like being a junkie. Right? Kinda. Yeah, and and you're always looking for some kind of a handout, right. and you end up doing things. So I've always you said, need money. I've always said, get your bases covered. Yeah. Keep those covered. Um, on the, uh, for me, I I also have to keep a job because um, it's a great pool. Every every night that I work, I've got a group of people that come through there right. that I can easily lift traits from and stuff that like you that. you are so, creepily researching. I am. Even without <laughs> hey, I watch them sleep, so it's nothing <laughs> creepier than that. Yeah. Uh, I- well, and the the thing is too is you know especially when you're doing something like writing or music or or creating costumes, there's periods of time where you just lose, you know, you lose your motivation, you lose your, you know, your you've got writer's block, you've got, and you know what are you gonna do then? My I I've literally spent this last year kind of on creating hiatus. Like I've done I've done a little things, you know, punk rock princess Leia didn't really require you know, a ton of skill and, and, you know, there's been things like that. But, um, so like for me, myself, if I were doing this as, for a profession and took this whole last year off, well, I would, you know, my kids and I would be, you know, dead because, you know. Well, I think it's it, important to recharge your batteries, number one. Yeah. It's important to shake up your routine, number two, when all that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, I don't, I had it in, after the first book came out, I had it for three or four years. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that solved it was, I think you punching me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. See, see, people say, "Why do you change in lives?" That's right. Bam. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So coming back from any kind of hiatus, I think it's 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 daunting in a way that I think is more daunting than when you first try it. Because yeah. you've been there, you've been to the top of the mountain, you know what's up there, and you don't know. When you take a break from it, you come back. You don't know if you're going to hit get there again. You know right. what I mean? I, so yeah. it's, I can see, and it happened to me, where you talk yourself both in and out of it. Yeah. Starting, you know, you think, well, you know, I should, but meh. Nah, nah, and then you don't. Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I keep coming up with these really, really fantastic ideas um, and really wanting to get started, starting on them. And then I'll go to a con and I... You know, there's nothing more to me motivating than seeing these other costumes, these amazing costumes, and especially if they're friends. And so I've, I've been able to watch their build photos and really talk to them about how they made these things. And I'm, I'm just so motivated and I can't wait. I'm inspired. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, beer. That's awesome. I'm going <laughs> to 
and I'm not going to make the thing. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's really hard to kind of get back on that horse, and I'm, I'm working on it. I've, like I said, I've got some really fantastic ideas, um, you know, things that I've started to draw up and 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 do with other people, which is also very helpful for me because then I, I don't want to let them down. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really hard to get back into accountability. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that, that I wanted to talk about with you was um, I think a lot of people who are not, uh, this is a horrible phrase, but not part of the scene, um, mm-hmm. get the idea that, that cosplay is all kids, mm-hmm. that it's, you know, teenagers, you know, putting together their things. And yeah. I, I, was wanting, I was wondering if you could talk to them, because I know that that's not the case. One of, one of my friends didn't get started into cosplay until she was... 50 I think and she is kicking all kinds of ass so could you talk to that sure yeah no because I mean I'm in my you know mid 30s and you know I didn't start until you know around 30 and so um yeah you know I have friends that are you know you know I would consider kids because mid 30s you know early 20s uh, and they and then friends that go clear on up to you know 60 and some you know, I've and I've met cosplayers that were older than that, and um, I love that because I feel like it's it's you know it's breaking down those walls. It's it's you know who cares how old you are when you learn something and and you discover something that you love to do in life. I mean, that's then just do it. You know, do whatever makes you happy. But they it definitely the age range is just huge, and it's and it's interesting because. You know, the age range is huge, and so is the skill level. You can have a, a kid cosplayer who's just knocking out of the park, you know, from the get-go, or even just had, had spent the several years, like, honing their skills. And then you can have a brand-new, older cosplayer who's just learning. And so it's really amazing to see all of these connections made, no matter what the skill level level is, what the what the age range is. You know, my, my you know, cause, you know, cause family is, is, you know, is huge and grows more all the time, you know, because of everybody, you know, meeting each other and, and at cons finally and, and growing and adding. But some of the most amazing cosplayers are, you know, you know, 50 and up. And I think a lot of it also it w- opens you up to characters that um, aren't all, you know, young and whatever. They, it, it, it's a way to modify or to fill out a cast in a weird sure. sort of way. Um, I also think there's a bit of there's something there's something there's a purity to the what I'm going to call the cardboard box Iron Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know yeah. that's the kid that's someone man woman old or young who just was like you know I this is what I got and right. this is what I'm going to use yeah and, and I I'm think going to go and I'm going to so own I don't it. want to talk too much shit about those guys but. Um, no, there are some. Well, no, no, no. It's, you know, behavior is what. what yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, it's 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 that same wonderful spirit that is reflected in the whole. You know, let's make a movie yeah. in my I backyard. Got I've yeah. got it. Yeah, it's like you've got your dad's videotape recorder. Go, go, go. I'll be honest. I was thinking he's gonna bring us around to King Kong, isn't he? <laughs> I didn't have to because you just did. <laughs> to, to explain, Langley brings up King Kong on every episode. I try to. Yeah, yeah. I try to find a way to work it in. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I think it's I think it's great, and I think people being creative at all levels, I think it generates this positive energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to oh. get too hippie. <laughs> Yeah, no, if all you have, you know, are, you know, paper towel rolls and, you know, newspaper, do it, go, do the thing, do whatever it takes to to express your creativity, you know, no matter what materials you have, just go, because that's what should be celebrated. It shouldn't be about, you know, you had this expensive thermoplastic that you used, and that's why your stuff looks so great and whatever, you know, just. Just do what you love, and it's going to be appreciated. I mean, if there's nobody else, I'll tell you what, I appreciate it. Every time I see it, it's really important for me. Um, I joke a lot about being naturally cynical and sarcastic, and um, in, and I am. But when I go to cons, you know, if I see something that no matter no matter how it ends up turning out, you can tell that somebody put a lot of time and thought in that. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I always try to go out of my way to, to talk to the person, to, to let them know that I can see how much love they put into that and that they look amazing and that they should just, you know, be inspired because it's really, your first con in a costume is really intimidating. I mean, it can be terrifying, especially if you didn't already have the community there to support you or you didn't know how to reach out. Mm. I, saw get, you, I saw so. a photo with you with uh, the young, the little kid, Ash. Oh, he was adorable. That was great. That was really good. I think I, that kind of sums up a lot of this. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's like when and, uh, uh, my friend Aubrey went to some, I don't know, some convention not too long ago. She had gone as like a steampunk Princess Leia mm-hmm. and ran into a steampunk Chewbacca. And, you know, and then so like you know, photo ops ensue. So it's like everybody. Sure. It's like it's such a weird idea, and it's so weird that like different people kind of came. <laughs> I'm trying to get my head around steampunk Chewbacca. Steampunk Chewbacca. <laughs> like what was it? It's Chewbacca with yeah, a monocle. He's got his band- <laughs> his bandolier has gears. You know. Oh, he's got You know, in a lot of other communities or situations, you know, you know, if you've got, you know, two women wearing the same dress, it's like not a good thing. Whereas in the cosplay community, you know, if you see somebody, you know, if I'm dressed like Ash and I see another lady Ash, instead of like, oh, I'm going to take her down, it's, oh, we need to have all the pictures taken together. You look so great. Show me how you made your chainsaw. I'll show you how to. Do you want to try my chainsaw on? I want to try your chainsaw on. Like, it's totally different. Right. Yeah, it's everybody gets really excited and wants to find out how the other person did the other thing. And yeah, and then there's, you know, photos taken and and you know, it's just it's way more of a community that way. It's definitely supported that way as opposed to tearing each other down. It's a celebration. It's a celebration that you you both have the um at least one thing in your life even though you don't know this person at all 100% in common. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. That isn't isn't that the very heart of fandom? Right. Look at that. Bam. 
Bam. <laughs> Resolutionary. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, I would, just real briefly, I was going to say, what do you think of the first, what we would think of as cosplay was? Was it people wearing... Um, Rocky Horror, right? I, Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek convention. Oh. What do you think, Tina? Probably... I'd like to think it's Rocky Horror, <laughs> because, right. yes, but uh, but you're probably right, probably Star Trek conventions. Yeah, they would have started around 72, right? Yeah. 72, 74. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Well, and, and kind of, I mean, both experiences are completely different, right? People start right. dressing up to go see Rocky Horror, they're going as a performance, you know, they're, they're, they are becoming part of the show, whereas... Right. People going to Star Trek conventions, I think. I don't. I don't understand people. Going to <laughs> the situations that I love is uh, we were in Northern California at a Renaissance pleasure fair. Sure. And a group of about seven people arrived, and they were dressed as a Star Trek landing party. Weird. And yeah. so they were like they were. They were, they were kind of huddling, huddling around and walking through. <laughs> it, was, it was super cool. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I've, I've never been to a Ren Faire, uh, but I want to just so I can wear ash and walk around quoting. Oh, Army my God. Duck. How great yeah. would that be? Yeah. yeah. You, you have to go. Ren Faires are a blast for a hundred different reasons. <laughs> I've heard all good things about them, and I, like I said, I mean, I know Army of Darkness pretty much by heart, and I would just do nothing but sure. recite lines from the movie. I would think just the I'll write you primitive screw heads yeah. listen up speech in, in yeah. the town square would be worth the price. Would get you get you some raised chicken yeah. legs. So I worried about pleasure <laughs> fair uh, oh, renaissance fairs turkey. Uh, turkey. Yeah. Uh, renaissance <laughs> pleasure very fun yeah. uh, it's a little crazy at night. Yeah. The 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 clan, not clans what do they call them? Sure. Clans. Yeah, we'll call them Tribes. clans. Yeah. Tribes yeah. or whatever. Um because they camp there. Yeah. And yeah. guilds. Stuff's there. Guilds. guilds. So yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. All the Renfair people just like, oh my God, you guys just shut you're up. You're an asshole. <laughs> just I shut got a, up. I got my toad in a hole. And <laughs> how many beach you with my turkey leg and my, my artisan jewelry. I think the first exposure I ever had to anything uh, similar to cosplay was um, uh, fetish shows. Oh sure, and, isn't and, that and, all of that drag? Right, cosplay. people, people in drag, people in bondage gear, people in stuff that they can't wear on a regular basis, for a completely different reason than going sure. to uh, a fan convention. But he, again, there's this safe community, the safe place mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, you can come, okay. let your freak flag fly, and you'll be <laughs> fine. We used to bend at one in San Francisco, a yeah. place called Anjigogo at the Trucadero. Ran into the the vice principal of my school. That's awesome. Uh, hey, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been there a lot. Um, yeah, it, I, I, yeah, sure. It's all that, all that drag. Sure. You know, is, isn't it, and now it's just that same sort of dress up being applied to um, Well, I guess, I guess that's, that's, that's what I'd like for us to leave with tonight is, uh, is uh, dressing up putting on that mask, putting on makeup, putting on any costume. Um, for those of us who do it in one aspect or another, 
Um, I would imagine if you ask ten different people, you'd get ten different reasons why. But having said that, I, I, I'm also willing to bet that there's probably a universal thing that everybody does have in common, and that is that artifice that you're putting up. Mm -hmm. I, I would imagine the same with an actor, whether you're in makeup or not. That artifice that you're putting up is, at least for that time, um, a shield. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, look at us getting deep. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it? Does it become that kind of protective hug, Tina, to you? Um. Well, for me, you know, actually, <clears throat> that is kind of similar to what I say, and it's similar to why I love to read so much, and that is, it's a little vacation. Um. When you put on that costume and you basically become that character, even if you're still yourself, but you're walking around this con, you're surrounded by fictional characters, people dressed like fictional characters, often that you love. What a great place to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, it's it's a mental vacation. You know, it's it's I'm with all of these other people and I'm not thinking about you know, all of these things that I have to do in my day-to-day -day life. I'm not thinking about the stress. I'm not thinking about my job. I'm not thinking about, you know, how I'm going to pay the bills, just any of these things. I'm just hanging out with these other creative people dressed like fictional characters and getting to, to celebrate something that I love. Sure. Awesome. It, I, it, would feel, it feels like Halloween all year. You're yeah, always year working right. on your next yeah. costume. And Halloween, let's yeah. face it, is yeah. fucking awesome. You know, Ministry yeah. said every day. Every is day is Halloween. Even though right. Ministry doesn't like to admit that now, I know they hate that. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming by. Coming by. Coming what am by. I, Dean Martin. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for swinging in, Tina. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, give us, you have a website, and how do people get in uh, touch with you or um, to check uh, your hands? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have an, a website, but I do have Facebook, which is Tina Rivets Cosplay, as well as an Instagram, which is just Tina Rivets. Also on Twitter is Tina Rivets, um, which I believe they all have like links to each other if you go find them, but. Facebook and Instagram are my main, my main two. Right on. All right. Awesome. All right. Happy Mother's Day again, Tina. Thank you very, very much for coming by. Yep. Thank you. We'll Thank be, you. We'll be back in just one sec.
All right, so uh, we're back, um, and we're going to go through some our usual rash of our usual rash of stuff. Did anybody die? How awesome is Tina? Uh, yeah, it's just going to say. Yeah, Tina's awesome, um, and uh, I look forward to um, seeing her more at cons and, sure. and other things. Um, and I think it was something that a lot of genre people don't talk about with the the topic. Sure. And I think it's uh, if we're going to look at the whole enchilada well, we should look at the whole absolutely enchilada. i mean and you look at like what what shannon shea was saying is that you know a lot of people who at one time would have been practical effects people or costumers or uh, you know fabricators um in hollywood those jobs aren't there mm-hmm. now have this outlet of cosplay yeah. and you can make money at it mm-hmm. you don't have you can. to but you yeah, can yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. uh but anyway, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, let's see. Let's start with, as we usually do, deaths. We got a few of them. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Weston, uh, who invented G.I. Joe. Oh, man, G.I. Joe. I know. Hasbro is gearing up that universe in a big, bad way. I loved the, the, the 12-inch G.I. Joe when uh-huh. I was a little guy. He had, like, real hair the for Fuzzy beard. hair. It was almost like that velveteen. Yeah, like each had a scar. Like a the same place. It's like, <laughs> and then in the eighties, he got knocked down to like what eight inches. Yeah, I'd yeah, be pissed. I know, right? <laughs> the loss of four inches That's on right. any man is I, a, is a yeah, problem. It's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Robert Miles is the name most people don't know. He's a tech um, ambient musician. Mm-hmm. Um, has a record called Twenty Three A.M. That's just really really good. Cool. Uh, young guy, and he passed. Um, and then three fairly uh, big ones. Um, Christopher Boykin, known as as uh, uh, Big Black from Robin Big. Right. Um, uh, he was a, a gentleman of some size, and I yeah. have a feeling that it, it likes someone like, say, Patrice O'Neill. I mean, we were sure. probably a diabetic thing. Uh, and then t- the other two, Michael Parks. Man. I know. What the hell? Yeah, but for me, it was Then Came Bronson. Then Came Bronson, man. Which was, I, I realized uh, the other day, Then Came Bronson was kind of like Billy Jack without the Kung Fu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's on his motorcycle. He's got his BSA 350. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Was, I had the, I had the uh, uh, model kit of his, just his motorcycle. Yeah. And it was very, very cool. It was a big deal. And then later, he became just this powerhouse actor who I saw vaguely an article online about him having been blacklisted for something. And, uh, Oh wow. Uh, that's why there was these, this big gaps in his Well, and, and I was going to say that the first time I remember seeing him again after then came Bronson and this is, you know, that's a few decades, mm-hmm. um, was Twin Peaks. Right. And, uh, right. Uh, and then after that, I started seeing him pop up in Quentin Tarantino films. And was in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. And, and he was in Kill Bill. And mm-hmm. um, and then it was in he was in the Kevin Smith films, The Red State and uh, Tusk, most recently. Yeah. And Red State was a perfect match. A perfect for vehicle yeah. for him. Yeah. Sad about the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nah. But nah. but um yeah one of those big epic. Um, movie helper yeah, kind of guys. Rules, yeah. Uh, and then just tonight, before we started recording, Powers Booth died. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, Powers Booth was always talk about movie helper. Great bad guy. Yeah. But most importantly, 
he played Jim Jones in the he Jones did, and he did an amazing and it was an job. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I'll um, always I'll always think of him as the bad guy in. Uh, um, now I can't think of the name of the movie. Um, well, he was the bad guy in Tombstone. Yeah, he was the bad guy in Tombstone. Um, the Brandon Lee movie. Uh, Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He again, one of those guys. He, uh, Emerald Forest. Southern Comfort. Southern Comfort. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's one of those guys where it's just like, why you don't, you know, you you don't really realize the magnitude of a star he was until he's gone, and you right. look at his IMDb and you just go, holy shit. He was in everything. Everything yeah. and always solid, even if the movies he was in was. was you know who's somebody who's working right now that's in everything. It seems like Mark Strong. Yeah, I see Mark Strong in yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. He's man. in. He's in the movie that we're going to talk <laughs> yeah, about. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, solid guy. Yeah, solid actor. Um, uh, Particularly good at that type of bad guy. Although he's he's done some 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 mm-hmm. decent good guys too. Yeah, he's did some heroes. Um, I always have to say Mark Strong, not Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Strong kicks more ass. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He actually knows a thing. Or, yeah, Mark Strong looks like he, you know, he knows a thing about a thing or two. You right. know, um, uh, there's a there's I've seen, seen some, some fight shit scenes. glint in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some fight scenes that he's done that are like, you know, they're yeah. not just fucking around. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, that was it. That was really a drag. Um, moving on to news. Uh, let's see. They're doing a Lamborghini bio, a bio on the guy who built the Lamborghini, with Antonio Banderas, and Alec Baldwin is playing um, Ferrari, the guy, whatever his name is, Vincenzo Ferrari. And I know about, I'm going to get shit for this, but why? <clears throat> same way they reason they made Tucker and they made yeah. the Aviator, and you know, it's like a captain of industry oh, thing. Okay. I think it might be interesting. There was a lot of back and forth and I, and, and I just don't understand why Antonio Banderas he he does this great stuff but lately he's been doing it in these little films no one talks about right um, he just did a, a sci-fi film and the name is escaping me he did that uh, 33 the um, Chilean yeah. coal miners that got trapped yeah Automata from a few years ago Automata that's what it holy was holy shit that thing's great yeah 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 that's what it was yeah. called the, 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 the science fiction Love them. so I'm interested um, Alec Baldwin you know always he's one of those other guys right uh, Amazon is doing a fantasy noir slash steampunk series called Killing on Carnival Row okay um, I I'm gonna call it now and say that steampunk <coughs> is gonna catch on I mean it's not it's big but I think it's going to get even bigger because yeah. I think cinema has gotten involved in it. Yeah, and I think I, we're going to see more I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's time has come and gone. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Maybe my time with Steve Punk has, has come and gone. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I'm done. Well, you know, it's, it always reminds you of the... I saw online... Um, Steampunk, what happens when goths discover brown? Yeah. <laughs> which always made me laugh. Um, Steve Carell and Emma Stone are doing... Ex- thing called Battle of the Sexes. It's the whole rigmarole around Bobby Riggs and um, Billie Jean King. Yeah. And looks it looks like one of those, you know. Cool. Uh, right. Not not bad. Steve Carell is doing uh, a series called Angie Tribeca that's on um, some, I want to say NBC or some network. Mm-hmm. And it reminds, I watched the first two episodes of it and it reminds me a lot of Police Squad. Oh, yeah, that my 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 wife said it best. She goes, "It's got a Zucker feel." 
Right. It's got something to do with the film festival or... No, it has to do with she's a cop. She's a And she's a super badass cop. And, like, one of the characters, it's a guy and his partner, and his partner's a dog, but no one acknowledges that it's a dog. You know, it shows up and it's got its... (laughs) Yeah, it's hilarious. It's a lot of sight gags, a lot of, like... You know, dead man. Yeah. That that reminds me, and I, I wish I had thought of it before the show. Uh, I would have gotten the information, but I saw a, I saw a, an ad for some Canadian uh, comedy show. It was about rednecks. Man, it was freaking really? funny. Between now and next, yeah, show, bring I'll, it back. That's I'll hilarious. bring it back because it was really funny. Speaking of comedies, Doctor Katz, professional therapist. Remember that squiggle vision that used to be on yeah. Comedy Central? Yeah, no, it's coming back. Okay. Jonathan Katz is a hilarious stand-up. Funny guy. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, Russell Mulcahy, who did Highlander, is doing um, an Errol Flynn biopic called In Like Flynn. Okay. And depending on the casting. That's a great story. Sure. Errol Flynn is a great story. Yeah. yeah it, it, and I love old Hollywood films. Yeah. And, and if they if they get into the whole, you know, accusations that he was a spy in the war right. and a war profiteer and, you know, are they going to get supposedly uh, some bio I read years ago had alluded to him being anti-Semitic, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Warts and all bios, I'm all for. Right. Um, but we'll see. Uh, the thing that bug that makes me wonder about is the Russell Mulcahy. Mm-hmm. Um, used used to do solid stuff, you know, um, but uh, you know, uh, maybe it just has to have the right vehicle. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Judge Dredd. There was some talk about them doing a Judge Dredd two with Carl Urban, right? And that all fell through, I guess. And now. There's they're doing a Judge Dread Mega Mega City One TV series, uh-huh. which I don't know will, if it will have uh, Carl Urban or not, but it's weekly Judge Dread on your TV. Right. Um. I know they're gonna fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. But it's Judge Dread on TV, and that's exciting. That's like I get excited for that the same way I get excited when I first heard about The Walking Dead. Like, wow, zombies on TV every cool. week. Yeah. So we're there. Um, success of Deadpool. In between Deadpool and Deadpool 2, there's going to be a Deadpool animated thing, which, sure. It's it's yeah. comic books. They're going to do that. Uh, studio announced that um, David Harbour, the cop from Stranger Things, is cast as the lead in a reboot of Hellboy. Yeah, okay. So, I don't... I'm not against this guy. I'm certainly yeah. not against Mike Magnolia, who mm-hmm. you know the, the created the character. Um, one, why a reboot? Mm-hmm. Why not a continuation of the story that they already established? Well, who did? What did Ron Perlman steal someone's lunch money? Well, he I, wants to do it. He Ron Perlman wants to do it. Um, Del Toro, I think, would love to do it, but he's always been told that he can't. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, so it's it. It's this is tarnished. I I love that world and I'd love to go back to it. But this is tarnished by the fact that we know that the guys who have done it better than anybody, you know, have been not given a seat at the table. Right. I'm gonna be play devil's advocate and say whether Del Toro did it better than anybody remains to be seen. Right, because nobody yeah, else no has done. Seen it. Right, we right, don't right. even know who the who the director on this right. is gonna be. But I just 
I don't. What I see people clamoring for is a Hellboy three, right? And not a reboot. Not only that, but um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a bigger fan, a you know, somebody who knows this stuff mm-hmm. and uh, and loves showing it to you than Del Toro. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, maybe he doesn't want to do it. I, who knows? I, you know, there's... the thing with Del Toro, he reminds lately he's been reminding me of uh, Tarantino, where it's like his name gets attached to all sorts of stuff, right? And you know, it's not going to get made, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, for some reason, off the top of my head, I can think of at least three, if not four, separate Tupac Shakur projects. Uh, USA, they're doing a series based on him. Right. Steve McQueen, who did 12 Years a Slave, is doing a biopic on him. Mm-hmm. And they, they're just getting ready to release another one with this actor who's a dead ringer for the guy. Sure. But does this really warrant? Does this, I mean... Dude, this happens all the time. It's just... It, it, you get two Peter Pan movies coming out at the same time. Right. Three um, giant meteor-hitting-the-earth movies. All sure. Remember the volcano, volcano movies? movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I don't know if there's any way to really explain why, but it, it always happens. Yeah, it's weird. It just seemed weird to me. Waves. Yeah. Um, well, the same... I would imagine the same avenues that are in town that say, okay, are saying... have the same... they, they have their ear to the same street. And so they're saying, okay, too, and they get... That project, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and it also sometimes becomes like Columbia says, "We got our volcano project." Right. And Universal's like, "Well, we need our, we need our, and we're gonna not right. going to fall behind. We need exactly. our volcano." Um, Everett Hartso is a writer and a comic dude. He had a series in the '90s called Razor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially a female crow, for one of a better word. And okay. I'm sure that Everett Harso would lose his mind here. You know, he, he has always right. hated he, that comparison. Right, right. But I find it interesting that this thing has languished on co- a comic book shelf and in a bargain bin for years. And now that they're rebooting this new crow thing with Jason Momoa, suddenly this this thing gets dusted off. Mm. It's a fee, it's it's a female crow. The thing that makes it interesting to me is that it's supposedly going to be directed by Rob Cohen, who did like Fast and Furious. And, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anthology series, I don't know where, it might be BBC, um, anthology series called Show Pieces that's being written mostly by Alan Moore. Okay. Uh, cool. So that, that, that's Alan Moore fans will, will go crazy over yeah. that. Um, there's a film coming out, $80 million budgeted China production called Ex Baghdad. It's Jackie Chan and Sylvester Stallone. It's going to be horrible. I just want to know who's going to break a hip first. I don't know. It's a bad idea. Yeah. I wish Jackie, Jackie was heading in that direction of being like, I'm going to become like the the grandmaster of this stuff and I'm going to get into more weighty roles and act. And then... I guess it wasn't well received. And He's what do you do when you're? Th- well, you 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 do Burt Reynolds for a while. <laughs> what yeah. do you? I mean, what do you do when you're in your 60s or 70s and you're still falling off buildings? Have you seen Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds is in a new movie with Adam Rifkin, and he's a, he is bent. He's on a he has a, he walks with a cane and he, right. he walks with a stoop. He's a little guy, and he he came trash. from a stuntman background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, but you know, I think it's I, I for me it's always been cool and interesting that 
for me, his best roles all came later in his life. Mm-hmm. Striptease, Boogie Nights. Okay. Um, that I think that those roles are... People show I, him far better as an actor th- than Smokey and the Bandit. Where I would almost be interested in doing an sh- episode on Burt Reynolds. And yeah. Here's why. Because there's when you, people think Burt Reynolds, they think Smokey and the Bandit and all that right. bullshit. But like, I, I do can they think of... Deliverance. Deliverance. Yeah. Did they think he did a he did a comedy with Goldie Hawn called Best Friends. Yeah. That's beautiful. There's another film he did with Don DeLuise called The End. Mm-hmm. That's the blackest comedy next to like the loved one. So I you know, it's not all shit. And some of that shit wasn't shit. You know. No. Sharky's Machine. Man, and, and, Sharky's Machine. Yeah. I think that might be the first time that I saw Gudo Dan. And knew that that was Gudo Dan because yeah. I'd seen Game of Death before, but I didn't know, you sure. know that guy. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, let's see. A, couple, a bunch of musicals are being redone. I guess they're doing Christmas Story as a musical. Uh, sure. sure, they're bringing Rent to TV. TV with that what Fox did not too long ago with something else. They did like Fox a has lie. done it a lot. They did it with Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show and and NBC did it with Cinderella. There's another one that I was going to I it, it escaped me then and it's escaping me now that Rent is kind of an answer to it. It's, it's a big it's it's a big one and I'll hmm. I'll look that up and, and figure yeah. it out. Uh let's see. Takashi Miyake has a adaptation of the uh manga Blade of the Immortal. That just got picked up for a U.S. release for Magnet releasing. Cool. So, a new Takashi Miyake, a new Takashi Miyake samurai film, but more importantly, this thing's bloody. Yeah. It's super bloody. It's, cool. it's It's on the line of, like, let's say, Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, Radiohead's Tom York is doing the score for Suspiria. I'm interested. I'm interested because I really hope Odd. it's good. Really weird. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to ever come close to what... Argento's Suspirious. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, uh, uh, Tom York, Radiohead, sure. Uh, and then finally, um, they cast Peter Dinklage in a Hervé Villachez bio. Now, so, <laughs> go ahead. Knowing what I know about Peter Dinklage, I can't imagine why he would take this role. Unless they're going to do something like super serious, because Villachez led a really they, dark life. They have to do. They have to do something really serious. He had, yeah, he was not a happy guy. Um, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of. He had a lot of drama going on. So I would imagine, as an actor, Dinklage is like, you know, right. I, 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 you know, I'm a dwarf. I can yeah. play the role and. There's a lot of meat here for me to dig my sure. teeth in. And they're going to make it. Yeah. So, yeah, right. And he's a hell of an actor. Yeah. So, so on, on face value, I'm kind of like, wow, really? I just don't know. But the more that, I think about it, it I doesn't don't know. Sense. Like, did, did Villages have a big enough. Like, I can think of the two things. You know, I can think of the James Bond movie and mm-hmm. Fantasy Island. But, but Fantasy Island was a huge. It was huge, but there was also all of this other stuff that he did, mm. and supposedly he had a had a reputation with the women and and a lot of, you know, high dollar Monaco kind of stuff yeah. going on. So I think it's there's plenty there. Um, it'd be really easy to fall into caricature, even if you have a little person being being um, in the role. 
him him arguing around with that voice is gonna with a Gilbert Gottfried kind of voice. He'll have to be, try to yeah, yeah have play, to it to straight, play it straight. Yeah. Um, moving on to a bunch of trailers, and we're gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on Thank these because there's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, first one is a full trailer for Blade Runner uh, 2049. Yeah, we said it before. I'll say it again. I'm I'm in the bag for this. Yeah. so completely looks great. Has, it seems like it has the right feel and tone. Mm-hmm. Lord knows if the music that we heard in this trailer is going to be the music in the movie. God, I hope so. Yeah. Um, There's a video on YouTube that's a sort of comparison between the tr- uh, mm-hmm. the stuff from the original film and this thing, and yeah. and it's stunning. It's it's obvious that the people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to the possibilities of what what this one is about. Right. And uh, I have some thoughts, but I'm not. I don't even want to talk about it because we really haven't seen anything that shows a lot of imagery and a lot of mystery. Uh, A British film called Six Days, uh, sort of a depiction of uh, hostages being hostages being taken and and a team going in and and um, saving them. I guess it's famous. I don't know. It's it's the it's the hostages being taken in 1980. In Iran. Yeah, and, and I think so. Oh, no, think wait, so. no, that was earlier because didn't Reagan win? Anyway, anyway, it's happening. It's it, happening. Clearly, history time. isn't my, our strong suit. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I like, uh, you know, cool. If I never see another guy in a SWAT team outfit <laughs> in a movie, it, I, it won't be soon. Enough. It feels like drum beating to me. Like, yeah. isn't more cool? Yeah, isn't, uh, isn't Call of Duty cool? And and it, that always makes me nervous. Yeah. Um, that said, you know Jamie Bell's in it. Everyone looks good. Actor Mark Strong. So Mark Strong. <laughs> That's uh, the aforementioned Str- Mark Strong. Mark Strong is strong in um, six yeah. days. So um, I think we're going to see a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. In the next few years. I mean, I, I it looks like for for people who are into uh, either military stuff or history or mm-hmm. you know SWAT. Yeah. Stuff uh, would really enjoy. This. Sure. Uh, next up, a movie called Manifesto with Kate Blanchett. This looks badass. I'm really excited. It about reminds it. me of the Bob Dylan thing. Yeah, where yeah. she played Bob Dylan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But but it's her playing this multitude of characters, and they're all really. And I think they're different. all. I I, I want to say they're all based on real life because I, I I recognize one of the people she's playing. There's Valerie, um, whose last name I can't remember. Salerna. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the lady who shot um, Andy Warhol. Oh, okay. So I I know that's one of the characters. And Valerie had written this manifesto, and I'm oh, wondering maybe if that's this what is taking is. a look at all these different Dream people. Of kind of manifesto. Some kind wow. of manifesto. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it, it looks, looks what, awesome. It looks like dripping Oscar bait. Yeah. yeah, it's just such a tour de force for her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and she, I've cool. never seen her in anything I didn't think she was good in. Uh, next up, a movie called Woodshock with Kirsten Dunst. Coming from coming from A24, mm-hmm. which A24 in recent history has kind of become the new um, indie film factory, where we're seeing thoughtful, slower mm-hmm. character pieces. This they, reminds they, me of that movie that they just did with that Kirsten Dunst was in about the end of the world. Melancholia. Melancholia. Yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah. reminds me of a of a movie that the studio did called The Lobster. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's a, they're they're very um, low. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Um, low. Uh, 
These aren't flashy films. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're kind of art house. It's yeah, real. It's, it's, it feels like a return to that. It feels yeah yeah very a lot of soft focus, a lot of sort of people crying in hallways mm-hmm. and yeah. And, yeah. It looks intriguing at, at least. Yeah. And it does exactly what a trailer should do, and that's pique my pique your interest. So. Yeah. Make Speaking you of ask which, questions. Um, next up is a French film called Evolution. Yeah. It's playing on Netflix. Yeah. And it looks incredible. So, so I've watched it. Have you? I have. Oh. I have. I was going to watch it tonight. It's French. Uh-huh. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you're really going to dig it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, we've talked about these type of movies on here before. It's thoughtful. I don't even want to use the word slow uh-huh. as much as it is thoughtful. And you're having to, it's giving you time as a viewer to kind of, take in what's happening it's, right it's it's a uh, uh, i liked it i liked it a lot it was different than what i thought it was going to be okay. but i really 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 liked it right on right on i'm i'm excited um next up uh there's a film called kill switch which looks just sci-fi running gun it looks like a million other things I've yeah. Seen. yeah very very sort of lived i repeat there's just like energy portal that's powering everything and Things start floating and yeah. things start falling. That's what I gather. And then it looks like there's a mixture of worlds that happen. Or yeah. it got yeah. very, very, very sci-fi. Um, that said, production value was cool. Yeah. Everyone looked like they knew what they were doing. It, sure. it didn't look terrible. Somebody will enjoy this film. If it was on late at night, I'd probably leave it on. You know. Yeah. Um, next up. Uh, <laughs> Iron Sky, The Coming Race. So, okay. <laughs> I was so excited for Iron Sky. Yeah. Because I had seen the Kickstarter, like, years ago, and kind sure. of been following these guys, and they were kind of, you know, the, and they were kind of doing it on their own, but made this, you know, really cool, funny movie. And it is a cool, funny movie. Um, does it warrant a sequel? This is like the third or fourth sequel no this is the second one is it yeah. what happened to the one about the on the moon that's the first one that's the okay. first movie iron sky okay. the whole premise is is that there's sharks or something on the moon no 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 what, <laughs> what happens is at the end of world war Two. like a, your grandmother <laughs> telling you about a movie she saw on cinemax go ahead the nazis go to the moon and they've been living on the dark side of the moon all these years sure in like some big james bond you know i heard their record you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh and now it's you know present time and they're they're starting to come back what happened was they send a uh and the first um african-american astronaut Uh you know that's walking around on the surface of the moon after many years of not having the and the nazis run across him and they're like what and (laughs) And so they, they're coming back to the Earth to fix things. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Is th- it gets really crazy and really stupid. He, I he, bet. He gets injected with a serum that they've created. Well, Hitler riding a dinosaur is Hitler kind of a riding good one. a dinosaur. It felt very sort of Kung Fury. It's not of. nearly as cool as Kung Fury. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Netflix is a, a thing coming out, Mindhorn. Did you watch this thing? Yeah. It looks very sort of breaking the fourth wall in a weird way. It's kind of like it's Austin Powers, right? It's like poking yeah. fun at a particular yeah. type yeah. of 
action. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it looks kind of fun. It looks fun, but um, at the same time, the jokes—none of the jokes were anything that I hadn't. Yeah, seen I didn't before. laugh out loud. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. Right. Something about a guy who played this hero in movies years ago, and uh, the hostages are taken, and the only one they'll talk to is that character because the yeah. kidnappers think that he's real and right. just have to do the role. And it looks very silly and, and goofy, but yeah. very British, but fun, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Legend of the Broken Sword Man. I, I mention this purely because it's the acting debut of the Muay Thai fighter Bukau. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's exactly what you think it's going to be. I, I, you know, I, there's there's cool stuff in there. Yeah. But, you know, just kind of like you know, if you're a fetishist and you see that thing and it can be surrounded by a bunch of crap, but you're like, Oh, sure. I'm going to watch this in. because yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about it. And if there's one thing book I knows how to do is fight and they show it fairly well, but it's, it's trapped in all this, you know, yeah. it's like, I just saw a, um, uh, Tony jaw who was in our box right. has a music video out now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's him doing a lot of Muy Baran, but it's the music is absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, it's clearly someone going like, oh, yeah, you know, for half a mil, we can make this, you a rock star. And, right. And you know, it's terrible. You're not going to be able to knee through a car windshield forever. <laughs> you need a backup. <laughs> you need a backup. <laughs> not all, and not everyone could be Dolph Lundgren. Right. Um, and then finally, uh, a movie that really intrigued me called It Stains the Sand Red. Uh, oh, shout out to my friend Clayton Moore. Clayton, excellent job. Um, worked on uh, this movie. On that movie? Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea. It's a man and a woman who we don't know what they're doing or who they are, but it, they look a little like pimpy kind of a thing. Sure. And um, their car breaks down in the middle of the desert, and they look up, and as they're arguing and trying to figure a way out of it, a man approach, they see a man approaching. And it turns out it's it's a lone zombie right. and chases them down, I guess, across the desert. I love the idea of the isolation of the desert. I love the idea of it's not a horde of zombies tearing, you know, tearing people to shreds. Right. It's just this one unstoppable human shark. Yeah. Almost uh, like a predator. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh... uh if they can hold it together and they don't get super exploit exploitative, I'm I'm in the bag. Yeah, I'm in the bag for it. But I'm eventually, scared. I mean, we 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 know from the trailer it becomes the girl mm -hmm. just alone yeah, fighting yeah. this thing. Yeah, I I knew going in with the, when you see that there's only th essentially three main characters, mm -hmm. um, it's going to become a woman in peril right. movie pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy is is serviceable because he provides you with your your gore moment right. and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm 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 interested. As, uh, so that's that. Um, have you seen? Did you see anything good this week? No, it's about? like we you know we had Crypticon last week, Baycon this week, this coming week. I'm really looking forward to not doing anything. <laughs> so I'm just kind of kicking back a little bit. Right. So on. no, I have not seen anything. I didn't go see Gardens of the Galaxy two yet. Seen I am going to go see Alien Covenant on its opening night though Thursday. Right on. Gonna go check it out. I hear good things. I hear good, and I hear exactly what I expected is what I hear, mm. um, and that's I, I, just a super brief 
my expectation going into it is that um, is that it is an apology to the hardcore fans for Prometheus, which kind of pisses me off because I love Prometheus and I mm -hmm. loved where that was going. Um, and I'm afraid that with that being the case, we're going to see a lot of the same. Mm -hmm. But it is we'll Ridley see. Scott, we'll and, and you know, it, it it looks cool. I'm I'm excited for it. I just if it's if it if it makes me feel as good as the other aliens movie mm -hmm. do again uh, then, I, then I'll be f I'll fine I have defended alien 4 before sure. I I I'm in the bag for these I I think All of these movies I love the 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 world I like the monster monster is so cool mm -hmm. and it's so well thought out yeah. and and I love the adaptability of it mm -hmm. um so you know, even Prometheus, which we've all you know, we've all bagged on, but no, it's still, I haven't. I no, love not you. Movie. But but the idea that that I it's still fascinating stuff. Yeah. So, um, sure, another go around in that world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, me, I put. A, I I'll be honest. Most of the stuff that I I I saw this week it was stuff I put on and it was on in the background as mm -hmm. I did other work. Um, documentary called How We Get By about. Um, elderly people who greet returning soldiers at airports sure and uh, it's 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 a it's a it's heavy one yeah it's really mm -hmm. heavy uh discussion on comedy between louis ck and ricky gervais and uh chris rock i forget the other guy um i saw one of the funniest things today on facebook and i'm sure people have probably seen this but it's this fake advertisement for a comedy school and there's a guy, and he's just sitting there, and he's like, why did the trick thing cross the road? Two guys walk into a bar, your mom. <laughs> you heard that one? Yeah. I have. And then he starts going off, and I'm just like, that's, that is brilliant. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of like. That's a big controversy thing is, now in comedy, is comedy schools. Like, can you teach someone to be funny? Oh, God. The answer? No. No. Yeah, I don't think so. Looks I don't like think so. I could tell it. I could give you stuff to say that's funny, but you being funny is is different. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Korean movie called Acacia. Spooky goings on. Think ring, grudge, eye, sure. ear, nose. Throat. It's a combination of body horror and ghost horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Naked Rashomon is, which is not as lurid as you think. It's kind of a love story. Good stuff. Uh, horror Hospital with Michael Goff. Standard British. Hammeresque mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I rewatched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter sure. just because, and as a movie that I had on in the background while I was doing other things, it was great fun. It's fun. And then finally, um, Norm Macdonald has a new stand-up special on, Net on Netflix called Hitler's Dog Gossip and Trickery. Mm -hmm. um, it's if you're a Norm Macdonald fan, you are gonna love this hour. If you do not, if you if you've always said I don't get Norm Macdonald. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get it from yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's... Uh, uh, I see where Dimitri Martin has a new movie uh, as a writer, director, and star. A movie or a... Movie. Oh, uh, awesome. A, a movie. It, awesome. It, it feels like something like Juno or something. It's, oh, called, wow. it's called Dean. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. I, I saw uh, also on Netflix that Maria Bamford has an hour up that I'm, hmm. I'm very excited to see. I think Maria Bamford is fucking hilarious and um uh flies in the face of all of that like women aren't funny stuff cool which you hear a lot uh let's see 
Um, hey, you know what? At one sidebar, Crypticon, uh, I spent some time with TJ Transdell, who has been on on our show before. On our show, and has a new book out. Has a new book out. It's called The Sleep in the Nightmare Room, and I haven't read it yet. Uh, but I read his first book, and his first book is great. By the way, he's sold out. Uh, physical Sun, copies uh, uh, right uh, first book yeah, yeah TJ's so, a good guy yeah he is a good guy um, you're a yeah. good guy TJ check it out on uh, Amazon and I think it's on Amazon um, or go to his website look him up on on, on Google yeah uh, go to our Facebook and Twitter we're all both on there hey how's your dog uh, my dog is uh, running around and, like she's supposed to rest for yet one more mm-hmm. week it's it's impossible. This dog is like, right she's like your dog lost a leg. My dog, yeah. So last Saturday at Cryptic, um, she got in an accident of some kind. Nobody saw exactly what happened. She's only nine months old, mm-hmm. um, but she shattered her the joint in her leg. And so Tuesday she was taken to a specialist, and they were like, "Look, we can try to fix it, or." we can amputate the leg. Yeah. And uh, eventually we, we were convinced that amputating the leg was the way to go. Mm-hmm. It's going to cause her a lot fewer problems. So that was Tuesday. It's now Sunday. She's running around like she never even had that leg. And, she, and they took a, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. That is amazing. And, well, the, you, know, and the, the, you know, the vet was like, well, dogs are born with three legs mm-hmm. and a spare. So she just used her spare. <laughs> it's too bad people aren't don't aren't as adaptive sure and can come back you know as quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from something like yeah. that alright so next uh, next week we we had a plan but it fell through so we're going to come up with another plan yep uh, we will see you guys next week um, thanks again to Tina Rivets for coming on check, again check around on Facebook and Instagram um, she's pretty awesome and uh, for the Bonus Material Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.